It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Her Majesty, the one, the only, the beloved, our very own <laughs> Highnessness, Princess <laughs> Diana. Princess Di, welcome again to the airwaves, Your Majesty. <laughs> James, Knight of the Golden Order, I dub you the Duke of Bow. The Duke of Bow, huh? Hey, I'll take that. <laughs> yep. what, what do I get out of it? <laughs> hey, let me, hey I got, Diane, I got to ask you a question here. There yes. is a story that I don't understand. I, I shouldn't say I don't understand the story. I read the story, and I said to me, something's wrong with this story because I felt uneasy about it. Afterwards, and I and I'm like, what? What? I couldn't identify whether I was trying to be guided into to something or not. Here's the story: the GOP lawmakers are pushing a high tech fraud proof ballot system. I said, well, okay, that's great. It's holographic foil, special ink. It's sensitive to temperature changes. It has nearly invisible stealth numbers that can only be located using ultraviolet or infrared light. So in other words, you would be able to really, you couldn't fraudulently come up with fake ballots on this. This almost like what they do with the currency. And I would think that this would be a good thing, but the way that this was reported in the Washington Post, it, it's almost like it's bad. What? <laughs> Well, it is bad if you were a liberal. <laughs> so this is a fascinating, fascinating story. I'm so glad you sent it to me as to how this process works. This is a warning to the left from actually from, in my opinion, the deep state who has clearly seen a problem in the making because journalistically the story makes no sense even the headline listen to this subhead when you read gop lawmakers are pushing high-tech fraud proof ballots the subhead is a texas company could be the only supplier now this is not journalism this is a could be maybe whatever this is this is not how journalism works. In journalism, you report what is, not what could be. The entire piece is an alarm on this new uh, couple of states, uh, three or four. Some legislators have proposed, just proposed, the idea of a fraud-proof ballot. Apparently, this one particular legislator, Mark Fincham, has spoken to other Republicans in other states, and he had a meeting with a company, uh, Authentics is the name of it, just to basically say, hey, what could we do? I've been hearing these complaints where people are worried about fraud. What's possible? And so they had this informal meeting and came up with some ideas, and he has a proposed bill. Now, I know you know how legislation works in this company, in this country. There are 
thousands of proposed bills all over right. the nation in state legislatures, and not that they don't go anywhere. Right. They just bubble up from elected representatives, and when there is a, a push of, of voters behind something, it gets more momentum. But this really has – there's been a couple of proposals in a few states – and all of a sudden, the Washington Post has this very long piece of all the horrors that could happen. And, you know, as you said, when you read it, the horrors are that they could basically uh, do away with fraud in elections. <laughs> and, it's like, and then you have the Washington, in, in the same article, they're saying, well, fraud has never been a problem. Well, OK, so what? If you come up with a fraud proof ballot, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with having yeah. something that's fraud proof? Yeah. Yes, and that's common sense. Most people, you know, who heard this, that, well, okay, this is a sentence that you referred to. This has never been a problem in modern American history. There is no evidence that counterfeit or fake ballots have been a problem in American elections. That's the Washington Post. And that was, you know, the normal reaction is, well, all right, if there's no problem, then what are you worried about if we have this new ballot with, you know, kind of markings that could be read by infrared or ultraviolet light, which, you know, it's something that is done in passports and currency. So this technology clearly exists. Well, this has been a bat signal to the left that to watch these because let me tell you what really annoyed me was the sentence that says mark fincham who is the guy who's mainly featured in this article an arizona state rep spearheading the initiative said in an interview that he developed these ideas he talked to the washington post he the washington post got a heads up that this was happening in a few states and so they called they called him he's a state rep and he needed rush limbaugh's advice beforehand <laughs> do not think these people are your friends and he clearly just basically oh yeah this is what we're looking at this is what we're gonna do this is <laughs> we had a mock out we, we, <laughs> we talked to this one company and this is the company and this is where they are and this is what they can do and so basically the washington post took that information and just now has broadcasted so that the entire institutional apparatus of the left is going to be on guard on this legislation that really they are going to want to strangle in the crib because this could be the end of what they've been doing, which is playing games and elections for a long time. All right, let's move on. Thank you. And that's why I felt so uneasy after I read this. I'm like, what is going on with this? Okay. Democrat hit 30 Democrats. The party has hit 30 year high for house retirements. Is this a real problem for them? I've watched a few weeks ago. The number was 23. Then it went to 24. Today it's 30. 30 Democrats are saying, no mas, we're out of here, adios, sayonara, goodbye, had enough, bye-bye. Yes, it's a problem for them. It is all of a piece with the other problems that they uh, are facing, which are all connected, which is Biden's poll numbers and, you know, their, quote, stalled policy agenda. In other words, their failed bills that haven't gone anywhere. And the historical trend, which is at the midterms, the the power, the uh, president's 
party loses power in midterms historically. So yes, they are facing a problem and the retirements are one indication of the red wave coming. I want to say something, however, they reference in the Hill, this article, that this is the most since 92 and there were a lot of retirements before 94. I really want to give credit to our friend and mentor, Rush Limbaugh, because he's the one who battled the political landscape to what is basically a draw between the parties, starting with, as he was called, the majority maker for the 94 election when the Republicans for the first time in 40 years gained the majority in the House. This was due in most part to Rush Limbaugh. Exactly right. Explaining to people what was going on. And so there was this new knowledge among the voters of what exactly was happening. And so the Republicans won in 94. And this back and forth now, since then, now Rush didn't see it this way. He felt that he had failed sometimes. He would even say that because he he saw that his ideas was were not always dominant. And but he battled these two parties to a draw. And so now we are, thanks to Rush and his knowledge that he engendered among voters, that it looks to me like one of his legacies is going to be the Republicans are sweeping back into power in the House, which is going to stop Biden's agenda cold. Love it. And that is accurate as all get out, of course, which is why we so appreciate you. Last one we'll do. Uh, Republicans who voted to impeach Trump might be in less peril than people think. Oh, they might have a chance. Now, I was a little shocked this week when Kevin McCarthy endorsed Harriet Hagerman, who is uh, uh, Trump backed her to uh, go up against Liz Cheney. And of course, that has upset the left. How dare the House Republican leader actually in, don't uh, endorse an opponent to an incumbent, especially their hero, Liz Cheney. So they're a little, they're just annoyed with the whole thing anyway. But now comes this article, well, you know, Trump endorsed him, so what? All of these Republicans who voted for Trump, they, come on, they might win anyway. Trump doesn't have that much power. None of this really means anything. What do you think here? Well, this is by Henry Olson, who's actually a conservative. So he is actually coming at this is this is really a just flat out objective political analysis, I think. The other thing to mention is the Lee Stefanak this morning endorsed uh, Liz's Liz Cheney's challenger as well. And she is the one who has been put in charge of a lot of the financing for these individual races. So that is a good thing. That's right. That is New York Representative Elise Stefanik, who is now in-house leadership due to the fact that she was able to raise so much money and due to the fact that she organized very successfully a lot of Republican women coming yes. into the Republican Party. So she was she earned this. She, it wasn't yes. given to her. She earned her position in leadership. And she is a spitfire. So the the fact that she came out and said what she said this morning is a wonderful thing. Now, let me tell you some of the uh, advantages that Henry Olson, Olson put, points out. One of them is money for these incumbents. 
Uh, Liz Cheney, Cheney has, has raised almost five million bucks, right? Million, yes, four point seven million. That is an advantage. However, it's not the only advantage. The other advantage, especially in her state, is that in the primary you only need a plurality. And Hageman or Hageman, however you say her name, hasn't yet cleared the anti-Cheney field. So that is one of the ways that the Republican state apparatuses often sweep aside conservative candidates and that they just flood the zone with other candidates. So you split the anti-incumbent vote. So if you only need a plurality, Liz can squeeze in if she even gets 30 percent. So that is a possibility. And the other thing in Wyoming is that there's cross-party primary voting. Democrats can can vote in that. So those three so elements So in other words, they can do an Operation Chaos. They can do yeah. an Operation Chaos. They yes, can have Democrats may. come over. I don't over. think so, though. Ultimately, it will win. I think she's out. But I think that it's important that Henry Olson pointed out there are these things. These state parties are old school, just, you know, raw politics. And so they are able to often sweep aside something that's popular among their own voters by playing these games. And those three things are the case in several of the states where you would think the impeachment vote would hurt the person. I think he's incorrect. And he kind of ends the piece saying Trump's candidates may still sweep the field. And I think that they will. Because you cannot underestimate the value of a Trump endorsement. Well, I certainly hope that is the case. I am so disgusted. And I'll tell you what else. In addition to those that voted to impeach Donald Trump, every one of the 13 rhinos that voted for this infrastructure bill that gave Joe Biden a lifeline, every single one of those needs to be primaried out of office. Every one of them. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, in the Senate this week, those four rhinos who basically just left and weren't there to vote when the vote came up to get rid of Biden's vaccine mandate, they had some Democrat support. This probably would have passed. And four rhinos, Mitch McConnell allowed to go on a rhino type of trip, and they were not there. So those four votes were absent. And so Biden's mandate stood And that is the kind of thing that we really have to focus on as a party and as voters, because the sabotage by this rhino class has been ongoing. Princess of Policy, Diana, me, thank you so much for being with us. We will speak with you next week. Again, Your Majesty, we so appreciate you. Have a great day. You too, Sir James. Thank you.